When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. All right, here we go. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki, and I'm here today with Shanna Stoker. That is how you say it, right? That's correct. Awesome. Um, And so I just wanted to let you introduce yourself a little bit. This is one of our special Halloween episodes, and this one's super special because you happen to be a relative of Bram Stoker's. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, I am a descendant of Bram, uh, and I believe I'm a direct direct descendant from his uncle. That's what we've been told. Oh, that is so cool. That is so neat. Oh, my gosh. Um, (laughs) So I was actually turned on to your TikTok by a listener of the podcast, and I wanted to give him a shout out. Josh Garrett, thank you so much for connecting us. Um, Shanna has been great ever since I first emailed her, and... um, That was one of the first questions I wanted to ask you. So how did you find out about your relation to Bram Stoker? Well, my family's known for generations, so it's just kind of something that they've talked about um, that I grew up hearing about, but I didn't fully understand the significance of it. I kind of just assumed like, you know, I didn't know, I I was a child, I didn't know Dracula was the first kind of, you know, modern depiction of vampires in, 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 um, in this type of lore and in this type of media, and I didn't understand the significance of what that did for goth culture and horror and, you know, all of that. And, um, but it was when I was in second grade that I was actually (laughs) writing my own horror story and I was visiting my, my grandparents, uh, and on the Stoker side, they were so excited that I was writing a horror story. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) At eight years old, right? Like, oh, I'm sure they're, they were really excited, right? Uh, they really were. And like, they were like, Oh, you're passing on the family you know, lineage and like your, mm-hmm. the family name and everything. And, um, and I was like, Oh yeah, cool. And then that's when they really explained like how he was the first, like it was very significant, you know? And, uh, and I remember whenever I learned that, like, just again, how important he was for spooky culture, um, that, me as this kid, I mean, I've always been bright and bubbly, but at the same time, I've always had this sense of duality of like, mm-hmm. I, I've loved the dark and spooky and eerie and oh, yeah. uh, macabre ever since I was born. I mean, genuinely, like before I could speak, my I was born in March of 93 and October 93 is when Nightmare Before Christmas came out. And that was my favorite film. Oh my that gosh. So, you know, I mean, I was again, duality. Yes, I completely um, understand. <laughs> And so, but, but I do remember, you know, I would, I would be reading like scary stories to tell in the dark, or I would be watching my creepy movies or whatever. And I, you know, and adults would be like, are you okay, honey? 
like that kind of thing. <laughs> it's everything. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And, um, but I remember just very, being very, very uh, aware that I had different interests mm-hmm. and that I was different in very many ways and that I could, I could act quote unquote normal. I could act like my friends. I could act, you know, like I was interested in the same things they were, right. but I, I, I usually wasn't, I usually was much more interested in, in just stranger things, you know? Yeah. Um, and I remember just kind of feeling that at a very young age and being aware at a young age that that wasn't exactly something that was welcome in a lot of places in society. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my school, my church, that kind of thing. And to hear about Brom and what he did at eight years old, I remember feeling like, Oh, it makes sense. I'm not, I'm not strange maybe to the rest of the world, but I'm exactly Mm -hmm. who I'm supposed to be. And like, that's awesome. And it gave me this beautiful sense of self at such a young age that I am immensely grateful for. And, you know, and so, you know, more so than just being his relative and, you know, he's famous and that's cool and all he genuinely very personally has inspired me to create with my business to accept who I am and all of my interests and the fact that you don't have to put yourself in a box I'm not just you know I'm not just the spooky I kind of call myself Persephone Mm -hmm. goth I love that (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean it's pretty Mm self-explanatory um you know and I practice witchcraft I just do it was just there's a lot about my life that I think if I hadn't learned at such a young age about him and our relation I would have been more confused about and I might not have fully expressed myself the way I wanted to. Right. So yeah, I'm just, I'm so glad I learned so young and that it's been such a big part of my personality. Or, I or love that so much. Like that's such a beautiful connection that you have to that part of your heritage. <laughs> Thank you. It really, it's, like that's it's, really cool. It's a joy and it's something that I'm very honored to speak about now. And like, I wanted to speak about it, but I didn't want to do that at the wrong time, you know? Mm-hmm. I, very I can imagine that sure I wasn't talking about this stuff until I knew the business could stand on its own two feet, you know, mm-hmm. because when we started this business, uh, which I am the co-owner and co-operator of the ghoulish garb, which is a, an online shop dedicated to creating um, unique designs focused on witchcraft and, and spooky macabre um, Halloween designs. But we are most famous for our terror tarot major arcana deck. And uh, when we first came out with this, with this, business in 2018 people urged me to talk about Brahm and my relation and they were like you know that's totally part of the niche and it'll get you recognition and it'll get you interviews and you know get your shop up and going and I was like I just I I don't want to I don't want this business to be successful because of the name I want to make sure that it's our quality of our, you know, customer service and and the designs and the items that you actually purchase and physically wear or hang on your walls. And um, I wanted to make sure that the brand and and our our actual content could hold its own first. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like I would even, I wouldn't even really put my name in any correspondence as just Shannon. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because I was just like, I just really, really, really wanted to make sure that was authentic. And it's been three years and we're both full time, my partner and I, with insurance. So I figure, okay, now's the That's time awesome. That's the proud. dream. <laughs> yes. Now, yeah. Now oh my gosh. Enjoy it and just talk about it and finally share this amazing like connection between me and Brom. 
That's so cool. And it reminds me of a story I heard about one of Stephen King's sons who asked him at one point he was sending out query letters for one of his own books. And he was like, dad, you know, can you help me write this query letter? And Stephen King wrote up this horrifically like bad query letter and it was grammatically incorrect. The spelling was awful. It made his son sound like, you know, totally an idiot. (laughs) And his point was, if I help you do this, you're never going to know that you could have made it on your own. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I had to know that we could do this on our own. And like my partner was very adamant too about that. Like, let's not make this a gimmick. Like Mm -hmm. let's, let's really create this brand authentically and for the per like, let's let our content, our designs stand on their own. That's why I didn't try to come out as like the personality of the brand or anything either, because I'm a big personality. So I figured, Mm -hmm. you know, eventually that would happen. Um, but you know, we really, it was, it was, it was all about the business and the customer service and the quality of our designs and products that, that got us to where we are right now. And now, you know, me having a TikTok and, and talking about all of this and doing interviews and stuff, it's a blast, but I know that it's not the reason I'm getting safe. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine how that yeah. would be, that would mess with you, you know? Uh, yeah, I'm sure I mean, you already, get, you know, I'm sure like we already have, or I do at least, I already, I already had a, have a tendency towards um, imposter syndrome. And so like, mm-hmm. yeah, if I had done it differently, I absolutely, I don't think I ever would have fully, I don't think I'd have oh. the same type of pride that I have in my business because I would always have the underlying wonder of, is this me or is it just, mm-hmm. but now I'm like, I know without a doubt, our designs, our business that we created is what is working. So and it's, it's I looked glad, at the site so and it's amazing. I'm sorry, what was that? I looked at the site and it's amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you so yes, much. Yes, there's Etsy so much good stuff. Etsy. Um, yeah, if you go to Etsy and you just search the ghoulish garb, all one word, or you just go directly to etsy.com slash shop slash the ghoulish garb, that's where I'd recommend going because that's like the most updated platform um, with like all of our newest stuff is very constantly being updated. But we're also on the Amazon and eBay. We do have our own website, but I think we're about to start because we need to work on our website. I think we're about to push people over to Etsy um, directly and then try to get our get our website updated because <laughs> that's a lot of work and we haven't had time to do that yet. <laughs> oh gosh, I can relate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're just so focused on making designs that it's like, oh gosh, the website, it's not updated. It looks great, but it's not updated. Yes, it does. <laughs> it does. I'll have to check out the Etsy <laughs> store because I'm definitely going to get something because it's like the stuff that I saw, I was like, oh my gosh, this is right up my alley. Yes, good. I'm so glad. Well, please, you know, let me know. Uh, message me and I'll give you a discount for this amazing interview. Oh my gosh, thank you. Um, so yeah. another question I had for you, um, since you are related to Bram Stoker, did you enjoy the novel Dracula when you first read it? You know, I read it in high school and I did, I really enjoyed it. I did not know before I read it that it was written in the form of like letters and correspondences mm-hmm. and, and diaries. And, um, and I really love that. I think it's so modern. It feels to me like somebody on TikTok recently said, and I just think this is such an incredible idea. And I think, I think they're starting a Kickstarter for it. Um, but he was like, he's a film guy and he was saying, I don't know, but I think that Dracula would be perfect for like a found footage film because you could translate (sighs) these, um, letters and diary entries to like vlog posts or, 
um, you know, just like little, you know, video diary posts and stuff. Oh, that would and be I'm amazing. Like, I love that. And yeah. So I, I messaged her. I didn't message. I, I like uh, commented on the TikTok, like, oh my gosh, I love that idea. And now he's talking with me about their Kickstarter mm-hmm. and about um, evidently like it was supposed to do like a 15 minute version, but now everybody wants it to be a two hour version, like a full length. Mm-hmm. So um, I might be, I don't know, consulting with him on that or helping. I don't know. Who knows? He, he That's knows so exciting. And I'm like, I'll do whatever I can do. Oh yeah. <laughs> <I love laughs> yes, it. definitely. And I'm such a creative that, like, I, I literally, I just finished writing a song last night for my band. I, I'm constantly designing with um, the ghoulish scar. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I really enjoy creating. So anything I can do to help with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can <laughs> completely relate to that. Um, that was one of the things I was going to ask you about was you have a background in vocal performance. And so tell me about your band. Yeah. So I actually just joined this band on October 5th. Um, I was not in search for a band, but I had a program or a profile on bandmix.com um, that I put up a few years ago. Just kind of like, I'm not actively in search of a band, but mm-hmm. if a band finds me and it's the right time, I'll know kind mm-hmm. of a thing. And holy moly, uh, did it happen? I oh my gosh. What happened in the universe. Okay. So I've got to share this with you. I, do, I told okay. you I do practice witchcraft and sometimes it's strange mm-hmm. because I man I manifest when I don't realize I'm manifesting. Yes. Okay. And I'll give you an example of this. About two months ago, I told my roommate, I have songs inside me that are just itching to get out. I've never felt that way in my life ever. Mm-hmm. I've always wished I could. And I used to write poetry, but I was like, man, I wish I could write songs and I just don't know how to write songs, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I was just all of a sudden just overwhelmed with these feelings of like, oh my God, I've, I'm, I have these songs inside me. And I said those words to him or to them, excuse me. And, um, and then a month after that, last month in September, when I was visiting uh, my, my partner, I told him. We were listening. I've been in a really big, like, I, I love metal. And so I was listening to something, and he was showing me one of his new metal bands that he was listening to. And I was like, God, I wish, I've just wished for so long since, like, sixth grade that I could be in a metal band. I'm mm-hmm. like, ah, my voice is just, it's it's musical theater and classical. It's not, I wish I could scream or I wish I could do all those things. And, man, I just love metal, and I would love to put on a crazy show. And he and I were talking about that. And then literally October 5th, like that week before that, I had four different people from metal bands contact me about being their lead singer and lyricist. That's crazy. And here's the thing, though. I was thinking, is it just because my TikTok blew up? Because it blew up in August. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of great opportunities coming my way because specifically I had posted a video of me singing Sally's song on my TikTok. And mm-hmm. so because of that, I was asked to join in on a virtual musical, which I have joined and performed in so far. And I love it. They're just amazing. It's called Off the Beaten Path. Oh, that's um, cool. And they, they even wrote a character for me. Her name is Morgane based on my middle name, Morgan. She's a witch. Um, oh, my gosh. And yeah, like it's, it's been an amazing opportunity. Um, but so I was just assuming, okay, well, maybe maybe something happened with that. But then I was thinking about it and I was like, no. Because my band mix is not at all uh, tied to my TikTok. You wouldn't know Mm. at all that I have a TikTok if you just look at my band mix profile. And so anyway, so I was just kind of like, huh, I don't know why all these four metal bands. And I don't have metal as a a, a listed 
right. interest on my band page either. Mm-hmm. So again, it was just like, what? Anyway, and so um, I, I speak. I kind of text these four guys, and then the the last one who contacted me actually was ended up being from the band that I'm in now. Um, but he contacted me on the morning of October 5th. By that night, we had a video conference with the entire band and myself, and it was supposed to just kind of be a get to know you, see what our you know what our um, goals are and right. what our level of kind of like how what professionalism we're bringing to this and mm-hmm. um how how exactly you know dedicated are you going to be and everything and we ended up speaking for all four of us for two hours oh my gosh of just talking about our experiences talk, like music talk, like jake who's the lead singer and founder of the band he you know he toured with motley crew a few times and quiet mm. riot and you know back in the 80s and like so and he's a sound and he's like a main sound engineer at universal as his day job um and he's worked in television and video videography, and uh, he's got a full studio set up, very professional in his home, and you know, and all this different stuff. And like, holy moly, they are amazing! I just, oh my gosh, they're oh, so that's great. so awesome! And they're the sweetest men. Like they're so so kind. I just could not believe how welcoming and kind they were. And of course, one of the things I mentioned when we were talking about like how dedicated can you be, how responsible. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I tell them, well, I have chronic illness. I've got endometriosis, which is very painful and can give me an mm-hmm. attack at any moment. I've got depression, anxiety, PTSD. Like I mm-hmm. literally all of September, I basically spent in bed. I, I can know, relate. <laughs> and I was just very honest with them because I feel like if you're entering into this sort of relationship, especially, you know, a creative relationship, a relationship where you have to be a team, it's important to be honest about your struggles and what mm-hmm. that might come up. And uh, And they were so kind. They were like, Hey, you know, we all have issues like that. Like, you know, this guy has PTSD and da da da. And hey, we're a family. Like, you, you, you come first. We come first as individuals. And the band is something that right. we love to do. So that's why. And they were their answers and their just kindness and their gentility. I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all older dudes. <laughs> like, yeah, I know exactly what rock- you mean. Yeah, like they were all. You know, they started their rocking careers like in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, you know, it's just. But but that's great for me because I don't have any experience in a band like this Mm -hmm. and so they're really just oh my gosh just such a beautiful band to be a part of it's only been it's been less than a month and I already feel like I've known them for years and like it's they genuinely treat me like family and that's such a good feeling but it is it's called Dracora Mm -hmm. um it is a symphonic metal band (laughs) <laughs> so I got my wish. I am, I am writing the melody and lyrics for all of the songs, which is amazing because guess what? I, you know, I just said I yes. these, these songs. I just finished the first song last night that we're working on. It's actually the second song of, song of the album. We already have the, uh, the concept down for the first five songs, which is going to mm-hmm. be a five-song EP. Um, it's, you know, it is a concept album. It's very theatrical, which is great because I have a theatrical background. Right. And so it's Jake. Um, you know, and he does all of the sound engineering and stuff and he's got all these people at Universal who want to be a part of helping us out with production and um it's just this really amazing like I said, it, it felt like Kismet. Mm-hmm. But again, I had this feeling like, well, but do they just want me because I mean their name is Dracora. Right. <laughs> like they must they must that can, they, this cannot be a coincidence, right? Right. So at the end of this like two hour call, um after I was pretty sure 
Like nobody had mentioned anything about that. Nobody had mentioned mm-hmm. anything about my business. They didn't know about my, anything. So I was like, okay, hey, just quick question, Jake. How did you find me? And he was like, well, I found you on Bandmix, but I initially saw your pro- your profile, and it's like all Disney princess stuff, so I did not think twice about you mm-hmm. because I used to have a, a princess party business. To I, That's how I partially paid my way through college was yeah. performing at parties as princesses mm-hmm. um, and singing and stuff. And so all of my, a lot of my stuff is just picture is just videos I took a few years ago of me as princesses singing. Mm-hmm. And, but one of them was Sally's song from Nightmare Before Christmas that I posted on my TikTok, my YouTube. It's my, it's my favorite video I've done so far of singing. It's definitely the, the most popular as well. Um, and so he said that he didn't even look twice because he just saw all the Disney stuff and like metal again was not listed as one of my influences. Mm-hmm. And that was a few months ago. And let me tell you, a few months ago, I was absolutely not in the right place to be in a band. Mm-hmm. But then Compi, the bassist, found my profile again, and he listened to every single one of my songs and videos. And then he was like, oh, my God, Jake, listen to the Sally song. She's got to be our, our singer. And he listened, and he was like, holy shit, she's got to be our singer. I'm sorry. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Okay. I cussed lots on the um, podcast. Okay. okay, good. I you know. And I try not to, but like, you know, it comes out. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he told Jake that, and Jake's on board. And again, they, I mean, I can tell that they're serious because they contacted me. Like, Compi contacted me the night before Jake contacted me, but I was busy and I wasn't able to answer. And again, I'd already been getting these messages, so I was just kind of like, okay. You know, I wasn't mm-hmm. – it wasn't urgent. And then Jake messaged me, and I'm like, okay, they both messaged me? And then he wanted the call that night? Like, they're they're interested. They're really yeah. interested. Like, the other people who talked to me, it just didn't seem as urgent or as professional either. Right, um, right. And this was so professional, and they were so interested. And so, anyway – um, so he tells me that, like, he tells me that they just found me on band mix and I was like, okay, have you, did you know, like I have a TikTok, and they're all older dudes. So they're like, mm-hmm. oh God, no, we don't have TikTok. <laughs> do that yeah. of, you know? And I'm like, I thought so. So listen, <laughs> and I just kind of tell them real quick, like, uh, my name's Shanna Stoker. I'm related to Brom Stoker. And I also own a business called the Ghoulish Garb where I, you know, everything's spooky and Halloween mm-hmm. and stuff. And again, they're all like, it's called Dracora and it's symphonic metal is usually has a very goth feel to it anyway. So they all have that type of like interest and so whenever I was telling them this they're like oh my god are you kidding me and Jake is freaking out because he's like this is like this is fake this is yeah and I was saying the same thing I was like that's insane because I asked him before I told him too I said how did you come up with the name Dracora and he was like well I just wanted something spooky that like you wouldn't have to think too much about but it would invoke the feeling of spookiness as soon as you hear it and he was Mm -hmm. like I was I was talking to my talking to Kelly his his uh, fiance and he was or wife and he was like uh Maybe something like, I don't know, Dracula. Of course, we can't call it Dracula, though. Dracora. And that was it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Dracula gosh. Dracora. And then, so I know people are going to think, oh, she named her band Dracora. No, they had a band, and they added me, and that's it. That's <laughs> it so crazy. Oh, my gosh. That's the best. Crazy. And like I said, if, if, he had, if he had contacted me a few months ago, whenever he, or a year ago, when he had first seen my profile, like, I would have had to turn it down because Mm -hmm. I wasn't in the right place for it. And then this never would have happened. And now, you know, in the span of a week, I've written my first song. Um, We've been 
a band now, or I've been a part of it for 16 days, and I, we already have our concept down, the first album. We have all the, the um, pretty much almost all the songs written musically. Um, I'm writing lyrics and music. We've, we've determined what the album cover is going to look like. We're working on our logo. Like, yeah, there's just so much that's happened, and I'm so excited about it. I'm just beyond excited. Oh, I can totally imagine. That's so cool. It reminds me um, of the movie Under the Tuscan Sun, how she like has oh, all these wishes yes. for what she wants when she gets into that house in Tuscany. And nothing turns out the way that she thought it would, but she gets all of her wishes anyway. Yes, and it's kind of like magical. That's what it feels like, honestly, genuinely. Because I've been through so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm only 28. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know. At the same time, so much of me wanted all of these kind of things to happen earlier, but I wasn't ready for them yet. I get that. And I fully believe, you know, I fully believe that the right opportunities will come whenever they're necessary or whenever you're ready for them. And that just because an opportunity comes around doesn't mean it's the right one for you. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe with, especially, you know, what makes me believe it more than anything that I've found the right people and the right creative outlets is the fact that the people that are, that are a part of these things that I've joined, such as Dracora or the, um, off the beaten path musical, or even just, you know, working with on my business, the people I work with in each of these areas are so genuinely kind and so incredibly understanding and, thoughtful I just can't I've never met such I've never been surrounded by so many wonderful people in my life and I just feel so blessed and grateful and to have gone from you know September feeling like I didn't want to trigger warning oh yeah you're fine (laughs) okay well in September feeling like I didn't want to be alive anymore I get that you know but but being aware and telling myself even in the worst moments like this is a chemical imbalance. This is not mm-hmm. you. You have your out of this body. And just because this body is throwing you for a loop right now doesn't mean this is you or has anything to do with your relationships or your person. So mm-hmm. yes, this is awful and it sucks, but like, we're not going to unalive ourselves because mm-hmm. we know this isn't rational and we know that we have wonderful things to live for and all this type of thing. And so it was just it, to go from that in September to where I am now, I just am, I'm so grateful, more grateful than words can say. Yeah. So I can completely relate to that because, um, one of the Mm -hmm. things that I am super transparent about on Irioki is that I have bipolar disorder and I struggle with that. I struggle with the thoughts of unaliving myself quite frequently. Um, and so I think it's really cool that you brought that up and that mental health is such an important thing to you too. It really is. And it's something, yeah, I struggle with a lot. And I, I don't know if you uh, regularly watch my TikTok. I, I didn't, I mean, I don't post regularly enough because of a lot of these issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did post, uh, I did make a very vulnerable post that I was nervous about, but at the same time I wasn't, if that makes sense. I wasn't nervous oh, yeah. about it until people started commenting and I'm like, Oh God, mm-hmm. did I make a mistake? Um, but, but everybody's comments were like, thank you for talking about this and being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I believe that it's important to share the highs and the lows because they are, they do color things, you know, Mm -hmm. differently. And social media has such a way of making it seem like everything's okay and perfect. But I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel like that was more of like the Instagram social media and TikTok has 
that's why I prefer and I can't believe like it took me so long to get on TikTok because I was like oh gosh just another social media platform (laughs) yeah um but honestly like what what the reason I think that TikTok is so important and I do use that word very Mm -hmm. like seriously is because whereas Instagram was you know people going to extremes of photoshop shopping themselves on a beach just to make it seem like they had a better life than they already Mm -hmm. did Whereas TikTok is, hey, let's talk about mental health. Hey, I don't have any makeup on right now and my hair looks crazy, but I have the story and I can't wait to share because we're all friends. Or, hey, I'm going to share my business with you or my Mm -hmm. art with you or my vulnerability with you. And it's just, as someone who couldn't get out of bed in September, I, I spent a lot of time watching TikTok and just feeling like I wasn't alone. And I cannot, like that is just that's important. That is so oh, important. Yeah. yeah. One of the best things that's ever come out of the podcast for me was when anyone contacts me and tells me that they also have bipolar disorder and that yeah. me being vulnerable gave them hope or strength in a moment when they didn't have it. And I yes, feel so honored when people it. share that with me. Oh, it's such a thing to say, to be like, to feel like what I've, said and what I'm going through mm-hmm. it may be awful but at least if it's helped some pot if if me sharing has helped one person then me going through that doesn't feel like a waste right doesn't feel like something wrong with me it feels right. like a higher purpose then for me yeah and I and I'm not going to say that's for everybody I'm not going to say I can feel that whenever it's during that time I really can't mm-hmm. because you know that oh yeah but looking back it makes me feel like okay these these issues that we deal with you know whether we choose to share them or not like not everybody should or, or you know but because I feel compelled to mm-hmm. um that's one of the reasons why I kind of feel like maybe that's what what I should be doing right you know oh yeah I just try to I just try to listen to my intuition with that yeah same I um one of my favorite things that my therapist has ever told me is that not everyone has the right to hear your story sure and that was really important for me whenever I was very freshly diagnosed you know because I think when you're in the throes of that initial diagnosis and you're really struggling and everything it's a little bit too vulnerable to share those things with people And I think you kind of have to get a little bit of time under your belt dealing with it and understanding that you can deal with it and you can survive it before you're Mm -hmm. ready to get to a place of sharing it openly on a large platform. And and like you said, it's not for everybody. It really isn't. And I'm glad that I am able to take my experience and that you are too and to share that in a meaningful way. Me too. Me too. You know, yeah, you're totally right. It took, I was diagnosed with depression back in, God, it was in college, but, or no, it was right after college. So about 2017 Mm -hmm. and, you know, PTSD, I was diagnosed with in 2018, ADHD, I was diagnosed with in 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, yeah, it's been a few years of me just trying to cope and Mm -hmm. learn and learning is the most important thing for me. Um, the more I understand my symptoms, the more I can dissociate them from me, mm-hmm. you know, and that helps Absolutely. me in those moments. Um, yeah. It helps me to say, you know, yes, right now your, your ego self that is in your body is, is suffering, but your higher self is different. Your higher self mm-hmm. is still here. And like, you know what I mean? And yeah. for me, like that's where a lot, of, a lot of my witchcraft comes into play too of, of, 
working on that. And um, it's difficult. And I really, I didn't do, I didn't do so well uh, with it in September, but that's okay because mm-hmm. I'm still here. And I learned from that experience and that experience helped other people because I shared it. So yeah, it's just, you know, do what you can and whether or not that includes being vulnerable with other people or just listening to other people and helping. And that helps you like wherever Mm -hmm. you are in that scenario, you know, just do what you can. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, oh gosh, it's so crazy how much it's changed. Like the conversation surrounding mental health in the last 10 years, even because when I was diagnosed, I remember that was not something you talked about. Like you didn't, if you went to therapy, you did not talk about that. That was not like, people are on TikTok. You have whole entire streams like of just people mm-hmm. talking about their mental illness. And it's right. like, Oh my God, this is so much more prevalent. Yes. And like, it doesn't make you a bad person. It Mm-mm. doesn't make you shameful. Right. We all are dealing with different shit. And it's just like, be kind and yeah. listen and, and stop assuming because most of the stuff that we deal with is invisible. Right. Like, yep. m- like most chronic illness mental or physical is invisible. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm just so, I'm so glad that the mental health discussion has changed because it's so important. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Cause I think about like when I was diagnosed, if I had had someone to look to who was publicly saying, I have this disorder, I struggle with it, but I'm making it. That would have been huge. And not I'm making it because every single day is good right now. And even though I had this, I don't deal with it now. It's like, no, no, no. Right. No, there there are still days I can't get out of bed. Still days when Mm -hmm. I want to unalive myself or hurt myself just to Mm -hmm. feel something. Like, yeah, no, but that doesn't, that's okay. Like, it's we're working on it. We're right. We're fixing ourselves. Like I'm yeah. taking medication. I go to, I'm going to therapy soon. I'm uh, starting that back up. I'm, I talk to my friends. I try to reach out if I can. I, you know, I mean, just, I also have a list on my phone of like what I call my glitters, which oh, are I like, that. like, yeah, they're like the opposite of triggers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, I keep a list because a lot of times when I'm in those dark depression areas of my time, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to remember anything that can bring you happiness or dopamine or serotonin. And so, Mm -hmm. um, so I have a list I've created and that was, you know, in September I tried all of my things on my list and it could be anything Mm -hmm. from put your makeup on today or go cuddle with the cats or take a walk or Mm -hmm. cross stitch or watch this movie. Um, and you know, I tried all my glitters and like nothing was working for weeks. And so I was just Mm -hmm. kind of like, okay, this is bad. Like this is real bad. So, Mm. you know, I did contact the suicide awareness hotline. Um, but I was very upset because I contacted their chat and they were like, we're really busy. I'm so sorry. (laughs) You'll have to wait. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And it was 35 minutes before I even like, they still were like, I'm so sorry about the wait." And I'm like, yeah, this is awful. (laughs) This is awful. Like I totally could have done this by now. Like I could have done what I'm calling you not to do um, or contacting you not to do. And so it was just really frustrating. That being said, like I have had help from them in the past and it was incredibly helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not disparaging them, but in that particular moment, it was very disappointing. Um, Oh yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, that's why like, these types of struggles are, are literally struggles that they're life and death. And mm-hmm. I talk about them because of that. If I can help one single person, one single person that is feeling the way that I'm feeling in those moments, then 
Yeah. Oh, and I can relate. Reason, and know? I think that um, going back to like the horror stuff, I think whenever I was a teenager and I was initially dealing with that emerging bipolar disorder and stuff, I really related to a lot of horror type characters like vampires, like the vampire Lestat. And I loved that yeah. he was so above his pain, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that relation yeah. to horror characters and to horror themes and to darker things has carried on throughout my life as I've dealt with that mental illness. It's kind of like if I read about monsters, it yeah, it's bad, but it's not as bad as what's going on in my head. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, they've actually, I, I read a psychological study about that because after I had, a, I had a really bad accident and a near-death experience in 2018. And after that was when I had my PTSD and my depression just went, Oh my gosh, it was just, Uh I spiraled. Oh my gosh. I spiraled. It was awful. And that was the first time in my life, even though I've always been into spooky stuff and I would always like, I would watch Tim Burton films and just kind of creepy fun Halloween spooky films that were still Mm -hmm. family friendly. Um, Mm -hmm. I never was into horror. Right. And after my accident and after I started spiraling, I craved horror and mm. I found out through this, uh, it was, I can't remember who published it, but it was a published paper, psychological paper. And it was, um, about the fact that like, basically people who have processed or who are processing trauma tend to be the ones who prefer horror because, um, it's a way to see the pain as entertainment. Mm-hmm. And it's also usually like why do we have why do we love the final girl so much because we survive because right. it's saying it's saying no matter how bad it gets even when this dude's like coming at you with chainsaws and crap like and mm-hmm. you lost all your friends and everything sucks like you you can still go on survive and you know yeah you can still survive it's a, it's it's stories of survival even when most everybody dies, like it's as funny as it is, as crazy as it is, or when it's the monster that survives or whatever. Right. Um, but also just, like I said, like taking pain and taking fear and changing it to an absurd entertainment form. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, I can't do gore. I can't do torture stuff. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't like, I don't. Mm-mm. So like I've seen the first saw and I was like, nope. That's not <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like paranormal stuff. I like mm-hmm. the scare jumps. I like, um, you know, psychological stuff. Um, yeah. Because I, what I went through was very gory uh, in my mm-hmm. car accident. And I do have very vivid memories of it, which is part mm-hmm. of the PTSD. And so, but also I'm a very empathetic mm-hmm. whole life. That's the reason I've never liked horror was because my entire life, like ugh, just even thinking right now of somebody hurting somebody else like that with, with such mm-hmm. malice and hatred and anger or, or whatever they're feeling. It's just, um, it, it, it makes me squirm and I just really hate the idea or, or seeing even acting mm-hmm. hurt. It, it genuinely hurts my heart and my, I feel like sick and it's not because of the, what I'm seeing because I can look at surgeries. I can look at photos of, you know, gore, right. in different settings. It's not necessarily what I'm seeing. It is the active action of this person is in pain. This person's being mm-hmm. hurt. Like, cutting up a dead body they're not going to feel it that doesn't bother me at all it's, right it's it's, not it's like so the, much the intent gore, behind it the yes it's the intent behind it it's the the feeling like oh god that that pain and mm-hmm. I've, I've just been through such immense physical pain 
like that, that I'm like, I mean, just that you wouldn't believe that it's just like, you know, and I, I remember it so vividly. And so that on top of being this empathetic person who has already felt like that my whole life, it's just a, yeah, I don't do torture porn. <laughs> yeah. I, do gore. I understand. <laughs> but yes, uh, horror though, like I really love the haunting series, haunting of Bly Manor, haunting of Hill House. I still need to watch that. Oh my gosh, please. Okay. Please watch them. Okay. My, they are so beautiful and so they, I mean, they're great. They're scary. They're, you know, they make you jump. They do all that kind of stuff too. But I think now I will tell you the second one by Manor, there was an episode. I think it was episode seven towards the end. Um, that did cause me to dissociate for two and a half days. Oh, wow. Because, well, and I won't say it's the episode. The episode led to a dream, and the dream led me to dissociate. Oh, um, wow. Because it was about me being at the scene of the accident again. But this time I was hovering over my body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and my body was in this, like, it was in the process of decay. Oh, gosh. Um, which was interesting because even though the wreck, had, like, it was at the scene of the wreck, it was like I had been there for weeks. Right. Um, you know, and so, again, like, I have a very vivid dreams, and usually they're pretty mm. awful. Yeah, um, I can relate. That one, <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm sure you can. You seem like you can. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I hate that for you. Same. But yeah, it was incredibly realistic, and it caused me. But the thing about it is that dream also was a reminder that I am not my body. Mm-hmm. And I, and and the thing is, it was such a reminder that it caused me to dissociate from my body for three days or two and a half days. And so, oh, wow, you know, that's the thing is, is I I have to be I have to be careful of that awareness and mm-hmm. make sure that I'm aware and trying to make it in a positive light, which is why I work so hard on my witchcraft and my, Mm -hmm. you know, intuition and my understanding of just being like more okay, more normalizing the fact that like, I don't believe that my, I do personally believe my body and my soul are very separate. Mm -hmm. Um, When I had my near death experience, (laughs) I don't, do you mind if I kind of go into that? Not at all. Okay. I won't go into the whole details, but basically I, I was, uh, I died for like 11 minutes, they said. Wow. Um, and I remember it. I woke up. Well, I say I woke up. I was in this like void. It was just dark darkness. Mm -hmm. I couldn't feel my body. And I say that because even in dreams, I feel this, I feel this heaviness of my body. I feel Mm -hmm. this like, you know, like when you're trying to run and you can't, you feel heavy. Like even in my dreams, I feel awareness of my physical body and I had no awareness of my body anymore. It was gone. It was gone. And I, I was just in this darkness and I just felt like consciousness floating, not, not a Mm -hmm. body, not a person, just consciousness. And I could hear the voice from my head and my, my thoughts say, these words exactly. Well, shit. <laughs> I think I just died. Oh my gosh. And then I sat there for a moment in this void. I say sat because again, I don't have a body, but right. that's the word I'm going to use. Mm-hmm. But I'm here in this void and I just say, well, sh- well, okay then. That sucks. I really liked that one. And oh, wow. Is, yeah. I just I got didn't. like full body chills. <laughs> yeah. 
because I didn't necessarily not believe in it, but I, I was, I, I'm, I've always been like kind of open to the idea mm-hmm. of like, you know, I guess reincarnation. Right. Um, but I'd never thought about it to the extent that like, why would my consciousness, why would my thoughts go there? So very, um, it was with such conviction. It right. was, I really liked that one. Mm-hmm. That sucks. And, it, but then it was very much now resigned and to like acceptance and just, okay, what's next? Wow. Like, okay, now we got to go back, you know, to something mm-hmm. else. And, um, Anyway, and so, yeah, it was just really, it was really crazy. And so when I woke up in the in the ambulance, mm-hmm. and I'm just thrust back into this world of intense pain, mm-hmm. and you know, so I basically I almost lost my arm because I I lost consciousness at the wheel. We mm-hmm. still don't know what happened. Um, and I was hurtling down the interstate at 80 miles an hour towards oncoming traffic, or not oncoming, excuse me, wow. towards stopped traffic. Mm-hmm. And somebody luckily honked their horn in time for me to wake up to see the back of the semi. Wow. And I was in the right-hand lane, so I jerked, which I have no idea how I knew to do this. Again, mm-hmm. no idea. Somebody was helping me, I really believe. Mm-hmm. I, I just remember screaming or, yeah, and I jerked the wheel to the right and made impact very shortly after. Um, whenever I had jerked the wheel to the right and made impact, it was enough force to throw me over the inside of the console, right? So I'm thrown over to the right-hand side over mm-hmm. the seat and everything. And luckily I was because the car went under the semi and the corner, the right-hand corner of the car of the semi went through the windshield and through my arm, my left arm, and through mm-hmm. the back of the seat. And if I hadn't been wow. flung over the center of the console, I would have been gone. Yeah. I mean, completely. I wouldn't have felt anything, thank goodness, but I would have mm-hmm. been gone. Right. Um, and oh, that's the, wild. the thing about it is, I mean, it really is. And so, so you know, I wake up in this car and, like, the, the top of my car was found 100 yards away. Um, I wake mm-hmm. up and... I just see sunlight and glass and then I feel this like wet on me. And I, I kind of, I just remember kind of assuming it was like fluid from the car. Again, mm-hmm. I don't really know what's going on. I'm very dazed, right. very much in shock, but like, I remember trying to process it must be fluid from the car. I know it was an accident. Okay. And then I look down and I can see just blood, just so much blood. Mm. Um, it looked like my, <laughs> It looked like my arm had been shot with a shotgun at point blank range. It's the only way I can. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was just obliterated. And yeah. I, that's when I passed out. And I had lost so much blood that that's when I had my, well, my death experience. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't even want to call it a near death experience because they, they specifically said I, I was gone. Wow. They brought me back, you know? So my yeah. death experience was, was after that, after I'd lost so much blood. And I guess just was like, okay. Uh, and wow. So when I woke up in the, in the ambulance after having that experience, I was just like, Oh no, not, Oh no. Oh mm-hmm. no pain, but also, okay, I'm not dead mm-hmm. anymore. And then I look over at the EMT and I'm like, am I going to lose my arm? And he just mm-hmm. looks down at me with this grimace and he's like, ah, I don't know. 
And so that's when I passed back out because I was like, I'm losing my arm. Okay. And yeah. so, but the funny thing is like they had me on some good meds because by the time that my my partner at the time had gotten to the hospital, I was like, it's fine. I'm just going to like, I'm going to lose my arm, but mm-hmm. like, it's good. I'm going to get like a pink titanium arm. Yeah. <laughs> and my only issue was I'm an actor and a singer and I'm like, who's going to hire me with a pink titanium arm? <laughs> But I was like, it's just fine. I've got, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, yeah, whenever the surgeon, I thought I was going into surgery and I was going to lose my arm, but he um, was able to, he was able to salvage it. I mean, he said it was a few millimeters away from severing one of the main nerves that would have oh. just left it basically a dead arm. Yeah. Um, but now, I mean, I've got almost full functionality. I have like percent of my range. Like mm-hmm. it, it looks kind of misshapen and the scar is gnarly, but I mean, it's mm-hmm. really cool looking, honestly. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I can't complain. I have my arm. I am. That's grateful. amazing. <laughs> I'm so grateful. And so, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I think after that, the PTSD of was, it was, yes, I have PTSD from like the gore, but mostly it was of the death experience and of being mm-hmm. back and of seeing my family mourn this new depression I was in and thinking mm-hmm. it would have been easier for me to have died and then mourn me and then mm-hmm. just move on instead of having to see me like this and, and me being a burden because I was living with my parents again because I, ha- mm-hmm. I couldn't go to rehab because I walked 20 freaking feet more mm-hmm. than was the maximum for rehab for my insurance. So I had to instead move back home with my parents because mm-hmm. I couldn't rehab at home or where I was living in Nashville. Right. And um, yeah, it was just awful. It was awful. And so horror in those, in that moment and those moments of my life, the darkest I've ever been horror was there. And it, Mm-hmm. It gave me something. It made me feel when I couldn't feel, you know, and that's, that's another, you know, I need to add that to my list of glitters because whenever I wanted to feel something the other, you know, a couple of weeks ago and I mm-hmm. was considering self-harm for the first time in my life, um, mm-hmm. I've considered it before. I've just never, I was the closest, I'll say that I was the closest I'd ever come to actually right. self-harming. Mm-hmm. And um, that was, you know, I probably could have put on Bly Manor or haunting a pill house and maybe that would have helped I don't know mm-hmm. but yeah horror really does have a way of just kind of giving those of us who've dealt with or continuously deal with trauma or mental health issues or whatever a, mm-hmm. a beautiful strange <laughs> outlet yeah us, you know? it, it it really does and I wanted to tell you um I am so honored and humbled and that you shared that story with me and with my audience that is amazing Thank you. I really appreciate it. It's just, it's another thing I try to, again, like I try to be open about because if I can, if I can talk about it with vulnerability and maybe that help one person, then it's again, all of that literally will be worth it if it helps mm-hmm. one person. Right. You know? Right. That's just, just my feeling. That's how I cope. It's how I speaking like this, being vulnerable it helps others, but it, that's also how it helps me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not, it's not totally selfless. I'm doing so for myself too, but like, I feel like it's, it's a symbiotic, right. hopefully, hopefully relationship between whoever is mm-hmm. listening and myself. So 
as we're getting ready to have to wrap up, but as a final question, I think I want to ask you to weigh in on something that Jonetta and I talked about on the podcast, which is, this is kind of a silly question, but in a fight between a vampire and a werewolf, who do you think would win and why? Definitely a vampire. They can turn to mist. That's true. They can turn to a bat. Um, That's true. They have so much advantages, so many advantages. I think the wolf man werewolf might have a physical advantage maybe but i mean Mm -hmm. usually vampires are incredibly strong they're incredibly fast they can fly they can turn into a mist like and they're smart they're so smart like i'm Mm -hmm. telling you vampires all the way absolutely i think so which is funny one of my best friends calls himself a werewolf and he like only wears I'm like flannel and I can't wait to tell him about this <laughs> argument. That's me. <laughs> honestly, I like I wear said. so many flannel shirts. and like in the fall. I'd I'll literally look like if I cut my you. pants off at the shin, I could be the wolf man. <laughs> I swear to God, like he, he was just, he posted something the other day that was like, Hey, so I mean, it's great to see all of these cool Gothic, like Lothario vampires and <laughs> right. stuff like these balls. He was like, but I'm really, I just feel like really underrepresented. Can we please just have a werewolf barbecue where everybody wears flannels yeah. and we have like, we howl at the moon together and we just like make bark. Oh, I love that so much. And, and I'm just like, I though literally my, I literally wrote it in my phone as like, he doesn't know it yet, but um, his I'm totally going to do a surprise birthday party for mm-hmm. him this year with all of our friends. <laughs> a werewolf uh, barbecue. Yeah, yeah, werewolf barbecue. And everybody has to wear flannel. Yeah. Preferably ripped jeans. Yep. Um, yeah, no, I'm definitely doing that because, like, yeah, he's amazing. We've been, we've been really good friends for God, almost nine, ten years now, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, totally, totally deserves a, a good, a good werewolf barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being here. Do you want to remind everybody where they can find all of your stuff? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, So it's probably easiest to just go to my TikTok. If you go to TikTok at B underscore ghoulish underscore gal, then there is a link tree in my bio that has all of my links that are pertinent. Um, So you'll find my Etsy shop there. Also, we have our shadow edition of our terror tarot deck, which is a black and white version, a much more kind of classic, clean goth aesthetic than the colored version. Um, So if that's more your aesthetic, that is on sale right now on Amazon for $10 off. So it is $24.95 plus, well, just free shipping because we have prime shipping available on that. Um, So if you go over to Amazon, just search terror tarot, excuse me, terror tarot shadow edition, it'll show up. Uh, And again, that is on sale till the end of October. Um, but yeah, if you head over to my TikTok, that will help you kind of find all my links, or you can go to Etsy and eBay and Amazon and just search the ghoulish garb. And also, if you have a question for me, if you, if you want to talk about witchcraft or, or anything like that, you want to interview for yourself, um, but whatever it is, email me at the ghoulish gal at gmail.com. All right. And I've got for you guys just one small announcement. There's going to be a link in the show notes. I'm going to put Shanna's stuff, a link in the show notes, but I'm also going to put a link to the new merchandise store for Irioki. And I've got a couple of new designs in there that I think you guys are really going to love. Also, um, I have a book out right now called The Reunion. It is a horror anthology, and you guys have probably heard about that if you've been on my social media. So that's about all we've got for you guys. So y'all stay spooky.
Thank you.